Today on Talking Back, what's with this bite radius crap? Talking Shark. Yeah, delicious dinner. <sighs> so, before we left... I noticed there's an air conditioner on the wall. Yeah. So I turned it on. Yeah. And now it's nice and cool. It was chilled it's nice in here. And cool yeah, in it here. Was very chilled when we got back. It was amazing. Yeah. I didn't know what to do in this in this uh, climate. I don't know how to podcast in this climate. We're not used to this, yeah. so uh, people bear with us if this goes askew. So let's talk about the music of this movie. Oh, the music. Not not too bad, hey. Oh, John Williams. Too shabby. John Williams. Scored by John Williams. He wins an Academy Award for this. As he should. As he should. It's fantastic. Uh, he tends to win an Academy Award for everything he does. He's great. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's been nominated for 51 Academy Awards. No way. Yeah. What a stat. I, I think he's done, I don't know how many movies he's done, maybe 52 or something. Like <laughs> right. Yeah. So really good score. It's ranked, currently ranked sixth best of all time. Okay. Yeah. By the American Film Institute. And that's pretty good. For sure. There's just something about those two notes that just keep coming at you. It just feels like relentless, right? It feels like it's never going to quit and it's never going to stop and they're going to keep coming at you. That's right. Just like the shark. Exactly. Yeah, it's amazing. Exactly, yeah. Um, Williams described it as uh, grinding away at you. Okay, yeah. uh, Just as a shark would do. Yeah. He says. Interesting. He says it's it's instinctual, relentless, and unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, he did a really good job there. When he played that two-note theme for Spielberg, Spielberg laughed at him. Okay, he yeah. thought he was joking. Yeah, but he wasn't. He yeah. was like serious. Like, He's this just is like, what no, I want to do. These two notes. But yeah. I could see that. Like, if you're gonna write some music for this director and you yeah. come to him and you're like, da 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 da. Yeah, and you're like, wait, wait, it gets faster. Yeah, da da da. We go faster, faster. Yeah, he Williams credits his work on Jaws with actually jumpstarting his career. Well, it's great because he's uh, fantastic. Yeah, so that that was a really, really good fit for the movie. I can't really oh, yeah. picture that movie without his it's music crucial. with a different it's score. It's so crucial, yeah. Especially with a lot of the uh, like POV shark cams happening, like a lot of the point of view yeah. of the shark underwater and sort of slowly creeping up. Without that theme, it might not, like, that that feeling that you get of like the impending doom might not be there without that theme yeah right it might just kind of seem like oh well whatever we're just like cruising along in the water but you know with that theme kicks in we're in the shark's head like we're coming we're coming we're seeing through that shark's eyes yeah and along with seeing through the shark's eyes it's that a second second cue of terror for the audience for sure you, you don't even you don't even need anything yeah the movie starts off with the theme right like as the credits are coming up it's it's black yeah but you hear the you know yeah as soon as that music kicks in, you're like, oh shit, right? Like, that's yeah. what that music can do to you in yeah. this movie. As soon as it kicks in, you're like, uh-oh, something's happening. Yeah. And then they can use that later in the movie when the theme isn't present and the shark just jumps out. Yeah. Right? Because now you've been trained to be prepared. That's something... The music cues me into being terrified. The music cues me into when something's happening. Right. And then all of a sudden later, it just happens. Yeah, it puts you on edge. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about the filming of the movie. So Jaws, first major motion picture to be filmed in the ocean. 
Yes. So that's that's a pretty big step. Totally. Pretty big leap. Spielberg's just like, yeah, Atlantic Ocean, we're doing it. We're doing it, yeah. Yeah. He ended up going way over budget because of it. Oh, I know. So we... (laughs) So far. So far, more than double. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talked about uh, the budget ending up at $9 million before. The budget was only supposed to be $4 million. Yeah. So to double... To double a budget like that is pretty looks pretty bad on you. Oh, for sure. Well, you said it. You said it gross like, um, you know, four hundred million, which is like three billion right nowadays. So, like, just imagine going from four to nine with that kind of inflation. Like, it'd right. be like going from a you know a thirty to like a hundred and thirty or something like that. Right? Yeah. It's like it's huge. Yeah, huge amount of money. Uh, the all the issues that arose on the film. Um, had the crew referring to the movie as flaws. Spielberg actually, you know, good on him. He, he takes the blame for most of the issues. Yeah. He was saying that he thought it was due to his, um, his inexperience yeah. and his perfectionism. Uh, he figured that his will would be stronger than the will of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's just like, that's just a young guy, right? Yeah. I need to like, let's right. do directing. That's I right. finally got my big movie. Let's do it. And it's like, the ocean will obey me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it didn't. No, there was a, yeah, there, it, it's tough to plan when uh, you're filming in such a wide body of water that has, it can be so, Uh, filled with boats it can be so wavy it's so unpredictable it's just like that's why no one does it in the ocean because it's so unpredictable that's right and he just made the decision that we're doing it there we have to do it there we're not we're not doing it in a tank we're not doing it fresh water the waves won't be uh real enough so we got to do it in the ocean and that i guess he didn't know exactly what would come along with it yeah and what came along was unwanted boats drifting into frame uh the cameras were getting wet Mm -hmm. Uh, the salt, salt from the from the ocean too, just getting into everything. The boat, the main boat, the Orca, uh, it actually sank with the actors on yes, board. Yes, I heard this. It, they have an actual sinking Orca yeah. for the scene where it sinks, but they have an actual working Orca. That's right. And the working Orca sank yeah. with the actors on board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The shark was famously malfunctioning for most of the movie. Yeah. The salt water was... Uh, Mal- making the shark malfunction it yeah worked it worked fine in freshwater but as soon as they got it to the ocean malfunctioning all over the place yeah it was supposed to have a non-absorbent skin on it yeah and it turned out to be anything but right yeah so, and yeah. it was supposed to be you were supposed to see the shark a lot more in the movie right you were you're supposed like right from attack number one right from your shirt yeah right from that happening you were supposed to see the shark eat the woman yeah. um so That's right. he had to figure out how to shoot a movie without a working shark so, what else happened here? Oh, the shark was getting tangled in seaweed. Yeah. <laughs> the, the actors were often seasick. This is my favorite, though. Is <laughs> Robert Shaw. He was often binge drinking. Yeah. And often going to Canada to avoid taxes. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Having tax problems. It's he was amazing. fleeing to Canada. Uh, I what have a guy. Like, there's a Robert Shaw drinking story. Um, that happens later in the film. I don't know if you got it in your notes, but we, we can get to it when we yeah, get to the we, film. We'll but, touch on that for yeah, sure. But he, uh, yeah, notor- he likes to drink. Notorious drinker. He's a notorious drinker, onset yeah. drinker yeah. and problem actor because of that. It's totally. very difficult to work with. Yeah, really amazing actor. But, totally, but unbelievable. Just you know yeah. what he does to kind of 
get to that place for himself is yeah. just difficult to work with. Yeah, right? he's, yeah, for sure. He, he's doing what he's doing. And yeah. it, it, it's working for him, but it's tough for everybody he's else. He's as unpredictable him. as the sea. Right? Oh, hey, yeah. nice one. Yeah, thank you. Wow. That's why I'm here. Uh, what else? What else is going on here? Yeah, well, actually, like you said, all those problems yeah. allowed them to refine the script yeah. as they were going and for Spielberg to only hint at the shark rather than showing the shark, like you said he was going to do, yeah. you were going to see the shark throughout the whole movie, more like Jaws 2 yeah. is. Yeah. But all these problems forced them to figure out a way to continue with the shooting, yeah. but not show the shark. Exactly. So by getting some of these shark point of views underwater, maybe just showing the fin, playing with the music, yeah. you're creating this tension and atmosphere yeah. that wasn't going to be there. And for my money is what makes the movie so great totally so it is the magic of the movie is that the shark malfunctioned basically yeah because you have like you said you have all these shots from underwater where you really understand the vastness of the ocean like some of these povs from the shark are very far away from where everyone's swimming and you really get like the idea of oh man this ocean is really big and then they have a, a lot of these shots that are right at water level which is like that it's like this drowning shot. Like it's the shot where you're going under and up and under and up. And it really feels, it, it gets, it makes you feel like you're drowning sitting there. Um, even though the, everyone's swimming there, it seems fine. It's like either this is the shark kind of cresting and looking at, at everyone, or I feel like I'm, you know, I, in, I, in I, I there, can't in keep the my water. head above the water. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's these amazing shots that they had to come up with because they couldn't display the shark because the shark wasn't working. Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Bruce the shark. Bruce the shark. Yeah. And there's like, there was a lot of, because of these things, there's a lot of rewrites of the script. They basically came onto set without a script that they liked. They had a script, but it's not one that they were ready to shoot a movie with. Mm -hmm. So they had to rewrite the script script for the next pages of the, like of the next day, every night, which allowed the actors because actors really like actors get into their role, right? Like actors get to know their character. So they'd have the actors over every night, Spielberg and, I can't remember the other writer's name, um, who was who they brought in on uh, for the script. But they'd get Carl together. Gottlieb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they get them together um, at Spielberg's cabin. They get them all together and the actors, and they'd all come up with the next day's pages because the actors know the character. So right. like, okay, if this if I did this already, this is where I would go. This is what my character would do. Yeah, yeah and kind of famously, that uh, president of Universal came for one night for a. Uh, meal with Spielberg and he said as soon as they wrapped up they all got together and started writing the next day's pages and he's like I was worried <laughs> that's not what you want to see when you go have dinner with your director right that they're writing the next day's pages yeah um, but it really worked out for the characters because like you've got the actors to really write about their characters yeah. because they know they get into their characters and they know about them mm -hmm. yeah so that all helped Oh yeah, I think all the all the like things that were bad about like the flaws yeah. of the movie really made the magic of the movie. Mm -hmm. So along with the mechanical shark, the various mechanical sharks, I think there were three of them, three different mechanical sharks uh, or yeah. prop sharks. Yeah, uh, right. I think maybe only one of one or two might have been mechanical. Uh, but along with that, they had some footage of live sharks in the film, mm -hmm. they <clears throat> which, did, yeah. which is a nice touch too. For sure. Uh, the live footage was shot in Australia. Yeah. And they were using a little person in a little shark cage. Yes. So they wanted to make the shark look bigger, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to kind of do some movie magic here. Yeah. So they do that. So the story on this is the diver, 
is terrified yeah. of the situation yeah. because before he goes in, a shark is there and attacks the boat. Yeah. So he doesn't want to go in. And while they're waiting, this shark that is attacking the boat, it ends up getting caught and tangled in the lines of the shark cage, yeah. which is in the water. And it's this spectacular footage of this shark rolling around in the water trying to free itself from the cage. Yeah. So Spielberg sees the footage and loves it yeah. and wants to include it in the film. So Spielberg actually ends up rewriting Hooper's role because of that footage. Right. Because in the book, Hooper gets killed in, in a cage. shark cage. Right, yeah. So yeah. in order to use it, he rewrites the script and has Hooper escaping that. Right. Because they have this so great footage of nobody, in the, nobody cage, in the cage, right? but the shark going wild on top of the cage. So they got to use it in some way. Yeah. So there's got to be a reason nobody's in that cage. Yeah. So he right? really liked yeah. that footage, you know, to change yeah. the story like that. It's amazing It's footage. cool footage. It's, it's really... It's amazing it's, footage. Yeah. It's not something you could... You could only catch that by accident. Like, you couldn't force totally. that to happen. Yeah. It was... Yeah. It was pretty cool. But it's lucky that that diver was so reluctant to go in the cage because... Like I said, he's a little person and the cage is little. So they made his oxygen tank little as well. That's right. I heard this. Yeah. I mean, uh, hilariously, they assumed that since he was a little person, he needed Need less, less oxygen, oxygen. than yeah. a normal yeah. person. Yeah. So the was... 70s, right? <laughs> <laughs> so there's only eight minutes of oxygen in his tank. Yeah. And if he was under there during that situation, yeah. he would have died yeah because he would have ran out of air yeah because they couldn't get him out because the shark's tangled in the cage yeah he needs a regular size tank right yeah but then everything goes out the window right right because then it doesn't why, look why is yeah. this why are they wearing this gigantic totally, tank yeah. so so they were able to get the footage they needed without having to yeah uh almost kill him yeah and, and then after that they did get him a full-size tank they realized yeah their, okay their error and yeah. got him a full-size tank okay and eventually coaxed him you know in yeah and he got the shot. Right. But, you know, I never noticed that, like, we'll call, it, we'll call it movie magic. Yeah. You know, but I never noticed it up until, you know, this last viewing when I had oh, for sure. known when about this information. Yeah. And then it's quite obvious. It's like we were talking uh, in the Alien podcast where yeah. the children are actually totally, in the spacesuits yeah. walking around. Right. They do it so well. You don't know it's children. It just no. looks real. So I never it's like real knew people. until I heard that. Yeah. It's the movie magic. Yeah. Movie magic is great. So filming uh, scheduled to take 55 days. Ultimately takes 159. Right. So that is insane. There's got to be some days where you just go out there and you're like, okay, let's do it. Let's let's film this scene. And then like the water's too choppy and there's boats going by in the background and you just like get nothing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you get nothing. How can you yeah. deal with that as like a 27-year-old director? You're like, we did nothing today. We got nothing. Exactly. So Spielberg felt like his career was over. For sure. If, because... this, if, that, if this movie, if Jaws, does not do well, He's never getting another job. Yeah, because any any movie that goes over schedule by a hundred days, yeah. that's a huge. Well, that's, huge where, that's miss. where the budget comes in, right? Like the, all yeah. those days are where all the budget inflates. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you can't make it, the studio back that money, you're done. So and a big studio like Universal, if you fail for them, it's not like you failed for like a small production and maybe you can go to another one and try them out. It's like you fail for Universal, you're gonna you're out. have a tough job. Yeah, a tough tough time finding a job anywhere else. Yeah. So Spielberg, feeling the pressure, doesn't even go to the last few shots of the movie. He right. gets on a plane, heads home, yeah. and lets someone else shoot the final scenes yeah. because he thinks the crew's going to throw him in the ocean. And he's afraid of the water. Oh, is he? I didn't know yeah. he's afraid of the water. So he's afraid of the water. I don't know if it happened before Jaws, but after Jaws, his excuse of being afraid of the water is that the sharks know he made a movie about them. 
Oh, okay. And so they're going to come after him. Yeah. So he doesn't want to be thrown in the, like, it, he says it as a joke, right? Yeah. But I don't know if it, he, he thought he was going to be thrown in the water, so he didn't show up to the final day. And that's kind of his thing now. His thing is kind he of does just, that now. It just set he doesn't up the, film any of his last no, shots. To set up the final shot and not show up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of cool. It's super cool, yeah. Yeah, I like that. So after um, after filming is complete, there are a few reshots that they do. Not many, but a few. The, there's one scene where Hooper and Brody find Ben Gardner's boat. Yeah. And... It wasn't scary enough for Spielberg. Yeah. He wanted it to be scarier. Yeah. So he approached the producers to let him reshoot that, yeah. and they wouldn't. They wouldn't give him the money for it. So he actually goes out of pocket to reshoot the scene okay. himself yeah. because it wasn't doing it for him. So he spends $3,000 to reshoot the scene, and he uses a swimming pool. Someone's yeah. swimming pool. I did it. know he used a swimming pool, yeah, for that. And that is like... Oh, one of the most jumpiest parts of it the movie. It is. It's one of the scariest. Sure. So he, yeah, he definitely accomplished what he wanted there. Yeah. Um, that was definitely the one where I jumped out of my seat. Yeah. It's definitely sort a of the music moment. and the, and just the head coming out at yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good job there. Yeah. Uh, so Jaws is released in uh, March and April for test screenings. March and April of 75. Okay. So we do three test screenings. Yeah. And... They are extremely successful. Okay. People are loving them. Good. So along with those screenings and the popularity of Peter Benchley's book, this is the reason that they do the huge marketing campaign. Okay. So they see that they're onto something here. Yeah. And they start pushing it hard. So they're really excited about this. And the production company, they want the movie to be opened in 900 theaters. Oh, interesting. They don't want 400 and... 64 they want right. 900 so the chairman of universal his name is uh, les wasserman he attends one of the screenings and he decides that it would be better not to open it in so many theaters mm. because he wants to build the hype around it he doesn't want everybody right. to be able to get in so he also invented the limited release yeah where like yeah. a big movie will release it to an uh, small number of theaters so that yep. the buzz gets going through all the critics exactly then they open it wide exactly. and everybody goes to the movie exactly and he, they invented the blockbuster yeah. and the limited release yeah it's exactly. amazing <laughs> yeah he wants the picture to run all summer long yeah totally, he says yeah. he wants people driving to other cities to mm. have to see it mm-hmm. he wants people driving past the theater seeing lineups out the door knowing that you can't get in he wanted right. it to be this thing this like the it, the it thing to yeah. do, but that you just can't get to it because the tickets are sold out. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, so that worked, obviously. All these things that they did to, to promote this movie yeah. and get the hype behind it worked. Yeah. So like you said, they, they opened smaller, yeah. but then they quickly ramped it up, right? Yeah. They started in... Right. They had double by the time it was like a month in. two in, months, right? they, yeah, 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 they doubled the theater. So they yeah. got there. They got to where they wanted, but it's that hype that they created. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's, it's like you said, those lineups. Like, those lineups happened. There yeah. were lineups out the door. And you couldn't get in. So you could hear it. You would hear about those lineups out the door. You couldn't get in. So as soon as they widen it, like, everyone's going again. Yeah. And if you've seen it, you're going again, right? Like, it's like everyone's going for the first time that couldn't make it the first time. Everyone's going a second time. Yeah. Bringing their friends out. Yeah. 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 So just to kind of wrap up this section of the podcast where I, where I talk too much. Right. <laughs> uh, two weeks, the movie makes back its budget. Two yeah. weeks. Okay. So it then goes on 
to be the first movie ever to gross $100 million in the theaters. It wins three Academy Awards, Best Film Editing, Best Original Dramatic Score, and Best Sound. And it was nominated for Best Picture, but it didn't win. There's sort of this uh, video going around, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a video of Spielberg, who has, he's got a private party happening, uh, maybe in his home, uh, where he's watching the Academy Award nominations. No, I haven't seen that. Okay, so he starts it off with being like, hey, it's Steven Spielberg, like, director of Jaws, we're sweeping the nominations this year, we're getting nominated in every category, and we're going to win them all. And then as they're going through the nominations, he doesn't get director. He d- so they get they end up getting four. Like you said, they won three. They end up getting picture on there as well. So they end up getting four. And this video kind of becomes this sad video of like his friends trying to defend him because he's 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 at like a group of friends are at his home, I guess, and they're they're trying to defend him and say like, oh, how can you not give the director the because he's yeah. being so cocky at the beginning of it, right? right. And it just turns into this sad video. It's like. It is kind of unbelievable to me that he doesn't get director. Like hearing everything that happened, like he made this movie. I'm on the I'm on the fence. I, I at first I thought, yeah, how does he not get best director? Right? It gets it gets nominated for best picture. He's the director. Uh, why didn't he Why didn't he get nominated? But then I thought about it. There were so many issues on that movie that you have to take that in, into account as like direct directorial failures right like let's say another movie is shot in 50 days like the time schedule they had and they get everything done in 50 days i think you need to take that into consideration that this movie takes three times as long yeah the the budget doubles i know not all the issues were his fault but ultimately when you look at how the movie was directed like he's he's the one choosing these things right he's choosing to go in the ocean yeah so he's he's maybe overshooting himself. So well, while the picture was great and yeah. all the other things that go into it are fantastic, you know, yeah, I get it. He did a really good job, but also he failed in in lots of areas on the movie. Right. I I do agree with that. I do agree that like sort of by a studio stance and a budget stance, he's he kind of failed. Um, like in the end, he got their money back. But I think when we're talking award stance, we just look at a final product. And, like, the final product is great because of the direction and the decisions he made. Like, it is it is bad because of some failures that he had, like, failures along the way in his directorial decisions um, caused spending more money, caused all those things. But in a final product, a lot of his decisions that he had to deal with because of all the problems are what makes it great. Like, figuring out how to film from underwater and film that... that camera at the water level having to film the most of the movie without the shark and um the casting choices that he made which he had big stars up for them like who wanted to do it and making that choice not to have them i think these are things that i feel like play into him getting director i don't think i think a movie that is best picture needs to have some other nominations to kind of show that it was why it's there so yeah. like a, a director or an acting or a screenplay, you know, something like that. And all we have is music and effects, right? Like Yeah, which it, are but can a you big get, part of it. Yeah, but I don't know if you get a best picture because of music. Like I think there needs to be something else. Like some some movies are best picture nominees 
they don't get the best director, but they have all the cast in all the other categories because they were so great, and that's what makes it such a great movie. But I feel like there needs to be something else there for a Best Picture nomination, which I think I it deserves know. a Best Picture nomination. You'd think that if there was if something was up for Best Best Picture, it'd be up for other things as well. Yeah. It did happen here. It was up for other things. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know what the Academy decides to choose upon, right? I don't yeah. know what they're what their list of points to hit yeah. for the best director are. I mean, I'd need to know what the other movies were, uh, what those directors did. Yeah. You know, maybe they had some fascinating stories as well. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Leary, I remember him saying that when it comes to the Academy Awards, he bases his vote on first he'll give it to friends or family. Yeah. Then he'll give it to people he knows. Yeah. And then he'll give it to like people he's met. It has nothing to do with... Yeah. Any, it doesn't have nothing to do with who deserves it. So I yeah. feel like that happens a lot at the Academy Awards. Well, that's, yeah. That's so he could have got snubbed because yeah. this, this was his second movie, right? They may have no said... No one knows him. Yeah, we don't really know this guy. And Whatever, he, snub him this year, who cares? Yeah. In his in his video, um, his friends are sort of defending him and saying like... I mean, he, I think he joins in it too, but saying that uh, people don't like big hits. You know, if it's if there's a hit at the box office, then they're not going to... They're not going to vote for it. Sure, that's a good point, too. Which could be a point, too. I mean, it sounds like kind of petty when in his video, but um, it could be a point, too. I think that's, like, that is how the nominations go, I think. Um, And and sort of the award choices. Yeah. um, Which is how, like, you know, Green Book wins for last year or this year or whatever. Um, It's just because everyone's taken a stance against Netflix, a Netflix movie getting nominated. Yeah. Like, no, nah, no, nah, nah, we're going to vote for your old school movie, sure. just like this on the road movie, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah it's it. It's tough. Anyways, I, I, I'm not big on the Academy Awards, but they, I think they Me are. Neither. They, I think they are things to be mentioned for sure, um, but not always sort of the be all end all. Yeah. So the story of this movie, I'm sure everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to go into depth about what goes on in this movie. I think we'll just talk about, you know, from here, talk about things that we liked about the movie for sure yeah ultimately the story is man-eating shark terrorizes small summer resort town three men attempt to hunt it down that's your story in a nutshell that's basically it right we don't need to do scene by scene but uh why don't i kick it over to you now and you can talk about some things that you liked so what i like is i like how fast they get into this movie like you have the first the first sort of attack which is just the um you know, the woman who goes out swimming by herself, the guy she's with is too drunk to even take his clothes off. He can't get into the water. Um, you have kind of this amazing scene of her getting tugged side to side and goes under. It's so iconic. There's yeah. so many iconic scenes in this movie. Iconic, yeah. When Sorry to interrupt you. No, it's fine. When yeah. she's getting pulled around, yeah. they had two divers underwater yeah. uh, hooked up with ropes to her yeah. and they were dragging her from side to side yeah. Yeah. to kind of create the realistic terror totally in her in her voice yeah. yeah and and i heard that uh so she gets like the greatest one is when she gets pulled under right at the end right because she's kind of screaming out with her head above the water and then she gets pulled under um but the sound is also of her kind of gurgling uh richard dreyfus actually said that uh he was saying to get that gurgling sound uh spielberg brought her in afterwards and they got her to scream and pour water in her mouth as she's screaming. Oh, He's really? Like, which is now known as waterboarding. Yeah. The war crime. Yeah. <laughs> like, so Spielberg is, is a war criminal. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of these directors, they, they like totally. to do that. Like we've, we've talked about it before back in the 70s. The directors yeah. like to do stuff like this. It's totally. kind of yeah. like they had these guerrilla tactics that yeah. they would do 
to get these um, effects and reactions out of the actors, and they always worked. Yeah. They were always so great. Yeah. Not fair or nice to the, you know, people no. acting. And, but And a lot of big actors respond to stuff like that because they want to feel like they're doing something. Right. Yeah. They want to feel like they're getting paid millions of dollars to do something. Yeah. That it's hard. And not that just they have to pretend to be somebody and that's how they get millions of dollars. They want to actually physically be doing something. Yeah. Um, I'll let you keep talking about the pacing. Yeah. So, uh, like, just that first very, uh, very exciting scene. And then I feel like when I'm watching, every time I watch the movie, I feel like there's going to be a big break before, like, we figure out that there's a shark attacking. Like, there's going to be a, he said, she said, there's going to be a back and forth of, like, oh, no, there's a shark. No, there's not. No, there is. And right away, as soon as we get to the next day, and we're on the beach, that kid gets killed. Yeah. And, like, in a brutal fashion. And it happens like that. And I forget every time that it starts that it's going to be within the first 15 minutes. That kid is going to get eaten and everyone's going to know it was a shark. Yeah. Um, I just love that part of the movie and how you get right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and ha- kind of how brutal that kid getting eaten is. Oh, it's a very gory movie. It is. Especially yeah. that part. Yeah. Um, well, to show a boy getting... Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Spielberg, like Spielberg said in the premiere, he was kind of standing at the back because like he wasn't sure how everyone was going to take it. And at that scene, someone gets up and starts running out and he's like, oh, no, I went too far. And that person goes out the door, doesn't make it to the bathroom and throws up in the hallway. Oh, really? And then he's like, oh, maybe I did it. Bad popcorn? <laughs> Bad popcorn, yeah. Un- undercooked popcorn. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So he, he was thinking at first, oh, no, I went too far. And then he was thinking, oh, wait, like no i'm scaring them too much and that's great like if i'm scaring them then that's what i need that's what i wanted from this movie i want to make it feel like it's real yeah he didn't like when shots were getting out of the mechanical shark because he wanted everyone to feel like it was real yeah um which is what i love about the movie like the first half of the movie is all feeling you don't see the shark at all or you see it a little bit maybe um but it all feels so real it all feels like something that is happening if I go on vacation and go in the water. Like, something like that, I feel like, is going to happen. Well, it's it's good because you don't see the shark for close to an hour. But the movie, like you said, it is moving. Even though it's oh, yeah. just kind of a lot of talking and uh, build, build up. But, yeah, yeah, it, it's moving. Well, some people think the movie, like, grinds to a halt when everybody gets on the boat and they go hunt it. Um, no I, way. I don't, I don't think so at all. Who are these people? I've heard. I've heard this. <laughs> Through the grapevine. Um, I'm not one of them. But if someone's to pick one half of the movie, I feel like they pick the front half because it moves so well. Yeah. So even though, like, you don't... See, that's that's amazing. Like, even though you don't see the shark at all, really, in the first half, that's the one that's, like, the quick pace. Yeah. But then we get onto the boat with the three guys, and for me it becomes, like, this whole other movie that is, is. now deep yeah. and now has, like, these guys trying to be like now we're kind of in the alien zone where we're stuck in one place with these people yeah and you got to figure out how to defeat this monster and it's not your world anymore it, right you're, yeah, in, you're, you're in the shark's out, world now totally you're yeah you're in you're you're playing on his field right like yeah yeah i i loved how they built the brody character oh yeah because like we mentioned he's terrified of the water yeah. he won't go in it yeah i i love i love his line to, to ellen about it She's she's talking to Hooper, yeah, and she's saying something like, "Oh, he he doesn't like the water. I don't know what it is. I don't know what his irrational fear is." And he says, 
Uh, it's called drowning. Drowning. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah she's he's, like, he's afraid of drowning. She's like, there's a name for it. She's like, he's, yeah, he's afraid of water. I'm not sure what it is. There's a name for it, though. He's like, yeah, yeah it's called drowning. drowning. <laughs> yeah. So he he's so scared of the water. Yeah. And they build it up so well. Yeah. Like, when, the, when that boy gets attacked, his kids are in the water, too. Yeah. And all the family members rush into the water to grab their kids. And you can see him. He's like right at the edge and he's he's taking little steps. Like he wants to go in, but he's holding himself back. He can't even go in to save his kids in like two feet of water. That's how scared he is of it. So that's how he starts. Totally. Later on, he's required to go out in the boat with Hooper. He's already drunk, right? And Hooper says, we're going to go in the boat right now. And Brody says, I'm not drunk enough for that. Yeah. Then the next scene, he's on the boat and he's wasted. He's so fucking drunk and yeah. he's got a bottle of wine still. Totally, yeah. he, like I think at the dinner just before that, he poured himself a pint glass full of <laughs> yeah, wine yeah. and then drank and he, that. And he was then, already drinking before that. Yeah, he yeah. was already going. Yeah. So then he, that gets him out on a boat, right? And then he realizes after his son has an even closer encounter with yeah. the shark, yeah. he's like, well, that's it. Like I'm, that's enough. I'm part of this i'm getting out on this boat i'm going with these guys and we're going to take care of this it's it's personal it's a great yeah it's a great yeah like his personal yeah his personal journey in the movie is is so great and it's so believable totally to get you from the start to the end and i think what really makes it work is like he's a fish out of water in his own sense where he's he like you said he's this cop that's now sort of working um as the chief of police in this small island he's an out-of-towner he doesn't know that these beaches are like the draw. He doesn't know that that's like what's keeping every shop owner in business is that everyone's going to come on 4th of July. All he knows is someone died and the coroner told him it was a shark attack. That's all he knows, right? Yeah. He gets that first phone call and he writes down shark attack. That's what he knows. Right. So he wants to stop that from happening. So that first scene when he's sitting on the beach and all that stuff's happening... I love that shot where it's always someone in front of him talking and you can just see what's going on in the background. You can see he's, and he, his eyes are on in the background. His eyes are on, you know, the dog that's out there running, the two couple, the couple that's like roughhousing around out there and the boys who are out there swimming. Like he's always watching what else there is out there. And that's where in that moment I'm like, oh, okay. There's going to be some sort of like cry wolf here, right? There's going to be some sort of, something screaming some woman some boy some man screaming and it's not gonna be real yeah but it happens (laughs) the boy just actually gets eaten yeah and it happens right away and yeah i I love that he kind of gets bullied like he kind of gets bullied into not closing the beaches that one first day and it feels like not a big deal like that first day feels like not a big deal and then that shark attack happens right away it's that great dynamic between the Brody, who's the chief of police and he's he's in charge of people's safety, yeah. versus the mayor, yeah. who's in charge of the town and the town making money, making money yeah. and keeping the businesses and the, the yeah. beaches open so that the town can grow and, yeah. and continue doing what they're doing. Yeah. And so it's just that they're butting heads on this, right? And totally. It's, it's, it's great. And like they catch, so they have this like, like the shark hunt to catch a shark, but they catch like the wrong shark but they think it's the right shark and that's where the mayor starts saying like yeah we had shark attacks here but we caught them they have like they have stands set up where they're selling shark merchandise because they're like we caught a shark here it's like i wouldn't be just uh promoting (laughs) that i caught like that there was a shark here right you wouldn't be like yeah there was a shark here but we caught it i feel like that would make people 
run away just to see that there was a shark there. But he's so, like, about the merchandise and everything. He's like, yeah, we caught the shark. Let's set up some stands about, like, selling jaws. So, like, selling, like, these these bone jaws of sharks and everyone will buy them and it'll be great. Yeah. Um, I just find it very fascinating that he is... It takes... It... It takes, like, shark attack right in front of him for him to be even be like, okay, let's... Maybe we should close. And even the shark attack right in front of him, he doesn't close. Well, Because that's when they think they catch the shark. He, he decided to finally close because when the shark got close to Brody's son, yeah. his, his, right. the mayor's was son him. was also yeah. with him. So, so he, he just, he, when, when it, it got so close, close to home to him, yeah. yeah. When it got close to home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's when they pay Quinn the money he needs to Qu- go out Quint. there. Quint. Quint. Sorry, Quint. Yeah, the money he needs to get out there. He shows himself as they're all having their, uh, their town city, meeting town, or whatever, town yeah. hall. Yeah, yeah. Town yeah. hall, exactly, Yeah. Yeah. That's like the demanding, first, demanding yeah. ten grand. I sorry, I wanted to get back to something when, when, <laughs> when they the coroner calls it a shark attack, yeah. right? And then they go back because the mayor, I guess the mayor talks to the coroner, yeah. the coroner, and says, you know, we we can't have this. So yeah. then, you know, um, what do they call it? Like a boating accident. Oh, bo- a boating accident. Yeah. yeah, and Brody, Brody that goes <laughs> to the coroner, he's like, you're gonna. You're gonna back him on this, yeah. and the guy's like, "Oh yeah, I guess, I guess oh, so." Could have been a money. <laughs> so then they have they have Hooper when Hooper finally so comes, great. and yeah. he gets to check out the body because he's the yeah. professional. Yeah. They bring out the body in a small Tupperware container. Yeah, that's all that's left. <laughs> that's their boating accident. It's like they put it out, and like honestly, all you could fit in there is like maybe a forearm and a foot. Totally, that's it. And he just opens that up, and he's like, uh, yeah. "He's like glass of water, please." Yeah. This, this is, is no not boating, a boating accident. accident. Yeah. This is no. Like, Dreyfus is so amazing in this movie. Like, he's just so good. This is not a boating accident. No, it's not. I like that. Oh, yeah. So great. I mean, I feel like most of the, most of the movie takes place on the boat. Most of the meat and potatoes of the movie takes place Yeah, the place second on half the of the movie is on the boat. Um, that's where you first get a good look at the shark, where it just, like, they're where where they're scooping chum out the back, right? Brody's scooping chum out the back. Yeah. And uh, the shark just out of nowhere. This is another one of the moments where you you don't get the music. You just get the shark jumping out. You get a good look at the shark. This is the first time we get a look at the yeah, shark. That's the first time you like. You, there was a look underwater uh, before that of it swimming. Of it swimming, where it, it took somebody. I can't remember exactly yes, who it was. It was right? uh, yeah. That's when it was with the boys, the mayor and the chief's son in that lagoon. Yes. And it, it takes that, that guy from yeah, yeah yeah who's like what he was trying to say? help them out he's okay. trying their boat they were having trouble with their boat right okay he kinda, so he, he rows kinda... up he rows up and he's trying to help them out and then he gets yeah he gets flipped yeah it, like the shark kind of comes up and you get half of it so sort you, of you get to see the size of it you get to see the size of it he eats them but this is the first time it kind of comes out of the water you yeah. see you see the jaws yeah. you see like the mouth and the it teeth is intense yeah. yeah and that's where you get like we need a bigger boat. Um, or you're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. The, you know, the iconic line from yeah. the film. Which um, Scheider improvised, improvised. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that wasn't a line for... He just came up with that. Can you so come up good. with a better line at that time? No, it's perfect. It's like, like you yeah. said, it's iconic. That's yeah. one of the greatest movie lines ever. Totally. Everyone knows what that is. You're going to need a bigger oh, yeah. boat. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what that is. Yeah. I just made it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I'm, on, uh, I'm on Letterboxd a lot, which is like a social media movie app, basically. And half of the reviews for Jaws out there are you're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, like, half the reviews are just that quote. Yeah, um, and that, that it, everybody means loves that it. they liked it. Everybody loves it. Yeah, it's five stars. You're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> like yeah. everybody loves it. Yeah, 
I like, I well, I love Quint. He's such character. a great character. He's a great character. I was heartbroken when he got killed. Yes, heartbroken when he got killed, and heartbroken when he tells the story. Yeah, of being on the ship. Well, let's talk about that. That's, let's talk about that. That might be the best, the best scene in the movie for me. I think. I think so as scene. well. I always love it. It's just the, just inside in the boat, and it's the sun is going down. Yeah. And like there's a whale singing in the background or something. Just the atmosphere of that scene and it's kind of Yeah. They do the contrasting colors, it's kind of orange inside because totally. of the light. And then yeah. outside it's it's bluish because the sun's just going down. And it's understanding Quint. Yeah, exactly. This guy who you exactly. didn't think you would understand at all in the That's movie. Right. You feel like you don't even need to understand. Because he's just him. he's a hard ass up to Whatever. this point. Yeah, like, he's, he's a real jerk. He's a real jerk. He's 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 hunting a shark. Who He's cares? really rude. Yeah. Yeah. But you get this actual, actual, factual, yeah. crazy story yeah. of him being on an actual boat yeah. that went down and sharks attacked it. Like, they, like this is something that actually happened. Yeah. And you put him into that spot and now... He's this character that you really get. Yeah. And you really get why he hates sharks and how he knows sharks. He was swimming around for days while sharks circled him and his buddies were getting eaten by sharks. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So yeah. that that's a real that's a real thing that happened. Yeah. So that's the USS Indianapolis yeah. was delivering the Hiroshima bomb. Yeah. And they delivered it. Yeah. And on their way back, got hit with Torpedo. a couple torpedoes yeah. from a Japanese sub. Yeah. And it sank yeah. right away. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I heard people quoting like they felt they felt and heard the explosion, yeah. and they were immediately jumping overboard because because the, yeah. the ship was down already. Yeah. It's like the thing just got decimated instantly. Yeah, it was such a top secret mission that nobody nobody knew about it. Yeah. nobody knew. No help was coming. No help no was coming because no one really knew. It's top secret. Yeah, delivering bomb. Yeah, so whoever didn't die in the explosion was left in the water, and. I can't remember the exact numbers. I think a thousand nine hundred or a thousand people went in the water, and it was like three hundred came out or something. Yeah, I yeah. think they lost maybe they lost maybe lost about half. I think yeah. over the course or of five more, days, yeah. two thirds maybe. Yeah, from shark attacks. Yeah, just from the sharks circling and they just, coming in. Yeah, yeah just, well, they do whatever they want. Like they you're were, in their but world, they were, so they just but come they were constantly being circled. Yeah. Like, so for days you're swimming and you're just being constantly circled by right. sharks. And then eventually one will come in and come after you, but you're constantly being circled. Right. Terrifying. Right. Yeah. Like, how would you ever go in the water again? Yeah. So that, well, that's, I love Quint. He says that's where he'll never put a life jacket on again. Yeah. Because it was so terrifying and, and um, traumatic for him that he'd rather have gone in and drowned yeah. rather than to survive and have to deal with that. That's so. actually an incredible part of his speech yeah. is that he won't put a life jacket on. Not like, that's yeah. why I hate sharks. That's why I'm hunting sharks. That's He says, that's why I'll never put a life jacket on again because I would rather have... Like he didn't say, he didn't say I'd rather drown, but that's what he means. Yeah. I would rather right. have drowned yeah. than sit there and wait for yeah. my death. Uh -huh. Yeah. So... Unbelievable. That information yeah. about the USS Indianapolis was classified information when Peter Benchley was writing the book. Yeah. So it's not in the book. Yeah. Totally. And by the time the movie came around, yeah. it was declassified. Yeah. So they were able to add that into the movie. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They had actually one writer just to write that scene. And yeah. apparently he came with like a bunch of pages that they had to cut down. Um, but they were able to squeeze it into this like great monologue. Yeah. Well, um, Robert Shaw, Quint, he 
took a crack at he, rewriting he, it. Yeah, he, he did. He, it. he he wrote it like he. I think he cut it in half. I think it was something more like, than that. It was yeah. like, well, I think they wanted him. They had it being a, a fifteen minute monologue. Yeah, and he he cuts his monologue now is maybe three to five minutes, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah, I think they cut it from like twelve pages to three or something like that. Like he he really got pulled out all the meat out of it and cut it down. Yeah. So Shaw, he thought the best way to shoot this scene would be for everybody, in his words, to have a wee drink. Yeah. He, <laughs> so. Spielberg said that he, uh, as a drinker, <laughs> a wee drink. I love what he calls it. A wee, there's no such thing as a wee drink. Yeah. Spielberg says, he he comes up to him and he says, you know what I think, like, for this scene, I think I'd be, like, a lot better if I had, like, a drink or two before I did it. Spielberg's like, yeah, do it. Sounds great. Shows up on the yeah. set just plastered. Yeah, he drank, he drank so much he blocked out. Yeah, he, he had no idea what he did that day. Yeah. And he said, or the, Spielberg and the actors said it was, like, unusable. Yeah. Like, he wasted, they wasted the whole day trying to do the one scene. Yeah. But he, like, he couldn't get through it. He drank all the wee drinks. He drank all the wee drinks. So he called, Spielberg says, he gets a phone call at 3 or 4 in the morning, and it's Shaw, and he says... How big of a fool did I make of myself? Yeah. And Spielberg says, not that bad. Like, we can we can recover from this. Everybody knows you were drinking for the scene. It's okay. You're not fired. And he says, okay, great. I'm doing it tomorrow sober. Yeah. Shows up sober and nails it. Nails it. Knocks it out of the park. So when he's doing that speech, Hooper is in the back uh, listening. And Richard Dreyfus said that during that scene, he wasn't acting. Yeah. He said okay. the monologue was one of the most riveting things he'd ever seen or heard. And he said he had tears in his eyes as Shaw was doing it. Wow. That's how powerful yeah. that was. And that's the next was. day. The that's next the one the next day. day. Okay. So if you look at him, he's so captivated yeah, in that. Totally. And you look at it and you're like, wow, Dreyfus is such a good actor. He's not acting. Not acting. It's Shaw is yeah. delivering that great of a monologue. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of that's what I love about Dreyfus too, is that like, Dreyfus and Shaw had, like, a little bit of a quarrel on set. Yeah. Um, because Shaw's kind of, like, like I said, sort of the guy who's, like, stage acting is, like, the way to go. And you got to pay your dues. And Dreyfus is 26 years old at this point And, like, has starred in a movie, hasn't done any stage acting. So Shaw's just like, who is this guy who thinks he's, you know, hot shot? Yeah. Um, so they kind of, they, they kind of, um, you know, get come up against it. They're, they're always fighting. They're not really in sort of some interviews with them at that time. They don't really like each other. Um, and Shaw shows up this day and they have all this unusable footage. And Dreyfus says in an interview, in some dimension, we're still filming that day. <laughs> in some dimension, that day is still going. We're yeah. still filming it. Yeah. Um, and then so to hear that he comes back the next day, sober, knocks it out of the park, that Dreyfus doesn't even have to act and, and says that, that's just, that's amazing. I love that. That's cool. Yeah, I love... That's how powerful it was. It even turned a guy who did not like him at all... Right. ...into just... Disrespecting so, Yeah, respecting him and so moved by the performance. That's yeah. great to hear. Yeah, it, it's cool. That scene... That scene, it continues on uh, shortly after the speech, the shark attacks the boat. Yeah. Right? And then there's a scene of it, like, just smashing the boat. Yeah. Things are breaking. Water's coming in. Um, but then it all kind of, like... I think they go they go up, up top... And I'm not sure if they put a barrel, if they shoot a barrel into the shark at this not point. Not during that time. I like, think they the go shark... up top and the shark just stops. Yeah. But the shark attacks them 
And then they kind of get out of there and it stops and they just cut to the day. They cut to the day. But yeah. before they do, there's yeah. this great scene. It's a close-up shot of Brody. Yeah. It's a close-up of his face. And there's this cheesy shooting star effect totally. going on in the background. Yeah, I, 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 I uh, rewound it just to show Laura that there was a shooting star in the background. That was a real shooting star. I believe that's crazy. That was time and place. They got, they just got lucky. It's, that, so, it's like, it, it's you amazing. couldn't have shot it any no, better. No. It's just, there's a third of the screen yeah. that his head isn't in and the shooting star shoots across the sky. Yeah. And it's it, right down the middle. It's right yeah, down the middle. Of it's it. incredible. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it looks fake, but it was real. That was, it does, that was a yeah. real thing that yeah. happened. So that puts the cherry on top of that scene. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. It's, uh, that, that scene's like just, that scene, like after you have that scene, you have a movie, right? Like you have, you have all this other stuff going on and it's like, it's stuff happening. But after you have that scene where they all kind of talk about their scars and you get Shaw, um, sorry, Quint, like kind of pouring out his heart there now you have a movie because now you have three characters yeah and they're all stuck on the boat yeah um and i think yeah i think it's it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie yeah i like the dynamic of quint with brody and hooper on the boat for some reason quint loves brody and he hates hooper yeah, I know. And for whatever that reason is, yeah. but he's just, it's, it's, I love the way he coddles oh, totally. Brody and just, just gives the shit to Hooper. Oh, totally. Like the, the crushing of the beer can and then Hooper crushing the yeah. coffee cup or whatever it is. Like just yeah. little moments like that. It's, yeah, he just, he hates, he hates Hooper because he's like also a fish guy, but like he's a city fish guy. Right. right. Like he's right. like, With he's money. A, he's a money. Yeah, he's a money guy. He didn't pay his family dues. money. Yeah, family money. Whereas like Brody's just, Afraid to be out there. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Like, yeah. he's just trying his best. And he, like, appreciates right. this guy who's trying his best. Yeah. Yeah. So, most terrifying creature in the movie. Most terrifying creature in the movie? Yeah. The shark. No. No. <laughs> who's the most, what's the most terrifying creature in the movie? Mrs. Kittner? <laughs> oh, man. That's slap. She's the worst. That's slap. I'm more scared of her than anything in that movie. <laughs> she terrifies me. Totally totally so her she she's the mother i guess yeah. or guardian of the boy who gets killed right near the beginning I think she's the mother she's the elderly mother i think she's... that's what, yeah, what always scared me i'm like <laughs> yeah. why is she so old she's, she's 60 just, and she has a she's like 60 year old yeah i never got it and then she's like oh then she tries to beat up brody that slap on brody like he has a like he goes back that's when he does all the drinking is that night after she slaps him yeah and it's like, I get it. Because it's his fault. He <laughs> yeah. feels like it was his fault. Yeah. So after that woman comes and slaps you, it's like, yeah, I'm drinking all night for yeah. sure. And like, yeah. And he's shooting. He gets slapped. Yeah. yeah. Real hard. So you're <laughs> upset about that, obviously. The scariest creature in the movie, I think. That's what I'm going <laughs> yeah. with. I mean, yeah. feel free to argue, but. I mean, I'm going to still stick with the shark. But... See, see, I, I, I'm I, on the sharks, sort of on the shark side. So yeah. for you me, are... it's it's Mrs. Kintner. <laughs> Mrs. Kintner. Oh, man. Yeah. Here's to you, Mrs. Kintner. Here's, this one's Here's for you. you. This one's for you. <laughs> what else? I don't know. What you got? I like that Quint mentioned one time. He's like telling his, uh, he's bragging about his fishing stories. Yeah. And he's saying one time he had to put two barrels in a shark. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and that's and foreshadowing yeah. for this one because they put four yeah. barrels in the shark. Yeah. And it keeps coming up. Yeah. I like that. I like that. When they put the first barrel in it, yeah. the, the music changes at that point. 
it starts to take on a, a fun, a more fun feel. It it's gets very kind of like adventurous, and yeah, adventurous exactly, uh, yeah. energized. Yeah. But up until that point, there had been no music like that. Not and at all. It's like it, it was like okay, you're, you're almost like you're in a chase now. It's yeah. like this chase. You, yeah. You've got this. You've harpooned the shark with this barrel, so you can kind of follow it and keep tabs on it. Yeah. And then it goes underwater and it pulls the barrel down. Barrel down, and then. But now you have this visual, right? Without the fin, yeah. You have this actually. It's, it's really somehow, intelligent. It's somehow, yeah, totally, and it's somehow scarier. It's it's as yeah. soon as this barrel just pops out of the water, well, like shit. It's scarier because you yeah. don't know where the shark. You don't is, know where it is. You right? just know if, that it's close. If the fin is there, you, you know the shark's right there. Totally. But now yeah. you know that this the shark is somewhere below yeah. you in some. They area. came up with this way to show you the shark is there, but you don't know where. So great! I love the adventurous music because, like, they go out to sea and like like Brody doesn't even want to be out there and. Once they get some sort of progress, I think the music is kind of showing you like we got some progress, right? Because some people probably might not closely follow exactly what's going on and exactly what they're trying to do. But it's like the music's telling you, okay, this is good. Right. We're getting a barrel on him and that's what we want to do. We want to be able to tell where he is. Uh, Yeah. I think that's that's why Williams wins the Academy Award for this is because of how diverse the music is. It's incredible. It's ultimately terrifying and scary yeah and it's the other side of it is it's like exciting exhilarating happy adventurous and he like the the juxtaposition of these two um types of sound it's so great yeah and so great and hearing spielberg sort of talk about this movie that's exactly what he wanted he wanted like i want it to be really scary and i want it to people to feel like like it's a real shark and not want to go back in the water but it's an adventure i want it to also be an adventure so you feel like you want to go out and do these things. And it's like, how could you give that to a composer? Like, I want you to feel like you shouldn't go in the water, but I also want you to feel like you want to go in the water. Yeah, what do you do with and that? What do you do with that? And he comes up with, like, kind of the perfect stuff. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. so good. Spielberg must have been so happy just seeing his composition. Like, like watching John Williams sort of give deliver him the composition for the scenes. He must have loved it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, apparently Williams was great to work with. Mm. He would... He would write music when he didn't have a script, but they needed to start writing. Yeah. Yeah, he he was really good. Just needed a... They told him the feeling or whatever. Yeah. He just went for it. Yeah, Yeah, he he didn't complain. He just kind of sat down and hammered it out. What a nice man. Yeah, he is. So, I I like when Quint... I like when he gives up at the end. He's been such a hard ass this whole time that he's going to go out and catch this shark, right? Nothing can stop him, right? And then by the end of it, he realizes like they're kind of screwed. Yeah. And he gives up. I guess they're they're he's been pushing the boat too hard, trying to drag the shark back. Uh, all the harp, none of the harpoons and barrels are keeping yeah. the shark down. It's still chasing them. They can't do too much more. The motor's out. He's done everything like he knows yeah. to, what to do, right? Yeah. And, and it's just another it's another beast that he has to deal with. It's a beast he doesn't know. Yeah. And the the ship is starting to go down. Yeah. And he comes out of the cabin. Yeah. Um. He, he gets dressed. I love it. He's in like yeah. a, a tank top or something just before that, then goes into the cabin and comes out in his full kind of gear. And he gives Brody and Hooper life jackets. Yeah. He doesn't have yeah, one for himself. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of concedes to Hooper at that time yeah. and says, you know, Hooper, this stuff you brought on board, what can it do? Totally. Right? Yes. But he was totally against that this whole time. He's like, yes. you know, what does all this fancy that shit you got here, Hooper? Was great. But he he he'd given up, and yeah. like his character had grown so much. I love through that. this as well. So yeah. he's 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 come to the point where he's ready to accept that he's not the best, yeah. and, and he needs some help. 
He's been poking at Hooper the whole movie, just like, oh, what do you got there? And, like, making a joke about it and then laughing and going away. And uh, I love the part, the part where they're getting on the boat and he sees the cage. Right? Yeah. And he, he sees Hooper with the cage and he's like, what is this? Oh, it's a cage. And he's like, cage goes on the water. You go in the cage. Yeah. Shark's in the water. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're an idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Yeah, he was. A shark, <laughs> yeah. shark chewed through that cage. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, they, they, that's, that's what I think makes that one scene that we talked about before when they were, you know, sort of all drinking and sharing their stories, kind of the, the pivotal point of the movie and what makes it a movie is because now after that, we have three characters and then we can have moments where each character's, you know, death, it's only Quint in this, in this of the three, but that death means something. You think, you think Hooper dies. Yeah. Well, no, do you? You do. You're kind of. No, well, you see him high. You see him, you you see see him high, high but yeah. you forget about him. You do, yeah. You don't think he's alone. No, I, I remember not thinking he you was think alive. You think Brody's alone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you have this moment with these three characters where they all mean something to you, and they all mean something different to you, and they can all have their moments where when Quint says to, um, to Hooper, what can your stuff do? Like, that matters. Like, we all know now that that means something because of everything we've got up until that point. It's, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of great how you have these three characters that are kind of fleshed out and you also have all this excitement that's happened up to this point. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not a super long movie. No, it's you not. Know? It's under two hours. Yeah. It's not this like super long two and two thirty, two forty movie where you have time to develop these characters. Like this is a, this is a tight movie. Yeah. Stuff happens and it's, and it's, it's going like the they, they develop going. the characters really well yeah. with subtlety. Yeah. They, they show subtle things throughout the movie that build these characters that you're probably not going to catch the first time, yeah. but on, on rewatches, you're going to pick up on the comments that are said and the little, the little intricacies. Totally. Yeah. I have seen the movie. I don't know how many times, like yeah. 50, maybe, yeah. maybe more. Yeah. This last watching that I just had for the podcast was the first time I really clued into what I had mentioned earlier with Brody um, at the water's edge. Yeah. Like I, 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 I never obviously, of that. obviously I, yeah. obviously you see he goes to the water's edge, but this is the first time I picked up. Everyone else is going into the water, but he's trying to, yeah. Yeah. he's like taking right. little steps in his body language. Like he's moving forward, but then yeah. stopping. Like he wants so badly to go in there, Yeah. but he doesn't, he yeah. can't. And it's such a small thing that I never picked up on before, but yeah. there's, it's, there's it's stuff it, like that. And that's just Roy, like, keyed into his character. Yeah, for because, sure. Because, like, I've seen, it's like... great acting. Yeah, I've seen a lot of, um, you know, behind-the-scenes type B footage where they're just, like, showing stuff of actors talking to Spielberg on set and stuff. And Roy's a lot like, I feel like my character would do this. I feel like he would actually be like this because of this that happened. Right. And, and Spielberg's like, yeah, yeah, great, bring that. So I feel like that's like maybe something he, my character wouldn't actually run into the water. Right. He would like want to yes. because that's his job, but he would not be able, his body wouldn't let him do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. All right. Well, I'm good. I'm good too. <laughs> Dean, are you okay? Dean just <laughs> fell off his chair. <laughs> are, you okay? are you okay? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. This All floored right. me. Floored me that wow. you were good there. <laughs> I didn't know you were done. I fell off my chair. <laughs> All right. Well, no, is there anything else that you wanted to say before we get to what if? No, I, I think that's good. Um, I had lots of ideas in my head and thoughts in my head about this movie, but I feel like we're, I feel like we're there. I feel like we, we kind of left I feel like we table. could go for a long time, but we should probably not. I think, I think it's on the table. I think all yeah. the important stuff's out there. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it's a great movie. It's a wonderful, wonderful movie. 
um, Spielberg's best, in my opinion. Agreed. Like, I mean, it's your favorite movie. Yeah. So Spielberg's best, in your opinion, too. Agreed. And I love Spielberg. Like, I am a, you know, Jurassic Park, E.T., Close Encounters, even Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can. All those movies are high for me. All those movies are just, like, five out of fives, wonderful movies. And Jaws is heads and tails like above the rest is it still number four or did it did it maybe squeak into number three what would it have to knock out big trouble man oh big trouble (laughs) you can't knock out big trouble it's tough tough to knock out big trouble i i feel very solid in my four the only of my four the only movie of my four we haven't done on a podcast is the The Thing. thing um so i know we're getting to it uh so i feel like i could i could rearrange them around uh around when we get to the thing but uh, so we're only missing one movie out of your top four the thing from yeah. the podcast we've done. yeah yeah we've done alien we've done big trouble and we've done jaws okay well the thing's on the calendar and those and like and like the thing alien and jaws are all very similar movies so yeah. i think like you get my feel of like what i love in a movie yeah um but they all have their own thing yeah. like they all have their own their own movie magic and I feel like Jaws is just... I, I do feel Jaws is movie magic. And uh, it's up there. It's hard for me to go one, two, three, four. I know. Really. I can't even do that. It's I've, hard. I've never say, really had a number one. Yeah. I, I'm saying this is my number one because I loved it from the time I was five or six years old. Yeah. And it's always been in my top three to five for my entire life. Yeah. And getting to this point when I have to think about what's my favorite movie of all time... That one's been there for so long. For sure. Like movies come and go and they might slip into a high slot, but then they kind of fade back and you, yeah. you realize maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was. But this movie, every time I watch it, it's excellent. It's, for it's sure. It holds up. For sure. I enjoy watching it for whatever, how many times I've seen it. I still enjoy watching it. For sure. So yeah. that's why it's my number one. Yeah. Which makes total sense. Is like, it the best good... movie I've ever seen in my life? I don't necessarily that's know. That's not what your Probably number one not, has to be. But yeah. No, my num- I'm judging it on something yeah. different. And that's so. not what mine is either. Like, yeah. Alien is mine just because, like, the feeling it gives me. I've often watched a group of movies in one day with Alien being one of them, and it's always sort of a standout. It always gives me a feeling that none of the other movies can. Um, so that's why I stick it at number one. But Jaws is kind of the same thing. Like, every time I watch it, I'm just like, wow, what a movie. Like, I, I, I always forget the feeling it's going to give me. Yeah. And I watch it, and it just brings me to that place where I'm like, I love movies. Like it's one of those movies that just makes me realize that I love to watch a movie. And so it's, it's definitely top four. I mean, I don't know if it's one or not, but I'll keep alien there for now, but all right, all it's right. top four for sure. Let us know if it moves up. I'll, so. let you, I'll let everyone know. All right. So it's time for what if. This will be pretty straightforward. Okay. Nothing too fancy here. I just thought since we already talked about how sad I was at the end of this right, movie. Right, okay. When the shark yeah, yeah. died. Yeah. What if the shark didn't die? Mm-hmm. What if Brody died? What mm-hmm. if Hooper died? Mm-hmm. What if the shark ended up killing those three guys at the end and the movie ends with that? Yeah. How, how would that... The shark just summing off. Yeah. How would that so, how would that change this movie or the way it was perceived or maybe how much money it made? Now, movies still don't 
really do this very often have this unhappy ending. Yeah. But I don't know if it would have been a really negative thing. I feel like they may have been able to get away with this ending. Yeah. And could have maybe set a trend, right? Like in lots of the horror movies, they're all really, for the most part, happy endings, right? Like they end up killing the the, the bad guy at the yeah. end. People People like happy endings. And it doesn't matter if it's like sort of a logical thing or if it's saying something like if the movie has something to say by like the villain winning it doesn't matter to i'd say the majority of people they want it to be happy they want that ending to be happy so i think it would have done worse in the theater like money wise i, I think, think would, so i think, I think people would, would have been a bit offended i by think it. people would have been a bit offended you wouldn't get rewatches. you wouldn't get people going back personally for me it's the same effect I don't think it makes the movie better. I don't think it makes the movie worse. I think it's just as good. If that shark goes, eats everyone, destroys, swims off into the distance, I love the movie just as much. Yeah. For me. Um, but I think it does worse. I um, think so too. I think popularity wise. I think yeah. money wise, it does worse. I think movie wise, I don't know. I think it I think it still works and it might even work better. Yeah. It's a good what if. It's a good thing to think of if it works better. I don't know if it works better, because I I, no, yeah, I mean, because I right. don't think Brody winning is a cop out. No, right? like it's I don't. Not. I, it, so, I, and so, I love the Brody character too. Here's the thing: what if the shark kills them? Do I cry? Yeah, when Brody gets killed. <laughs> right, right. Do I do I cry no matter That's what character? That's the what if. Do you cry no matter what? <laughs> the answer is probably yes. Like <laughs> yeah. I really, really yeah. love the character of Brody, and yeah. I think I think those two characters, the yeah. shark and Brody, were done so well. That I'm crying no matter what. Yeah. How about Brody rides off on the shark, the back of the shark, <laughs> nice into the sunset. <laughs> he loves sharks. Now. Right? How about that? <laughs> He's the new Aquaman. I like. Yeah. We usually don't spend a lot of time on the what ifs, but I want to dig into this one a bit more because I I like it. I think it's interesting conversation. Um, because often people are very disappointed if a movie ends up not happy. I'm not one of them. And I'm not, I, I love not happy endings. Yeah. I'm like I'm also not one who's just like it has to end not happy. I just I think like, it needs to make sense. Yeah, it just uh, but I think to, in this case it, it just, could have made sense exactly. if the shark wins. It makes sense both ways. I don't honestly. I don't care about Hooper. Um, I care more about Quint than Hooper. Yeah, I and don't, I care like, more about Brody than I Quint. don't care if Hooper comes out of the water at the end. So if he dies in the cage, I'm okay with that. Like he's my MVP, like Dreyfus. I love his performance in this movie. Yeah, but I'm okay with that character going out to sea to fight the shark and dying yeah brody though the guy that doesn't want to go out to sea that won't step into the water when he's running out uh with that shark attack and now that i'm thinking about it more might be a little bit too much if he dies at the end yeah well i think it would be too much but i think it's a i i think i'm gonna go with i i actually i kind of switched my mind on this as we talked about it I think I don't like it as much. What? Yeah, if Hooper... How dare you? If Hooper gets... <laughs> how, how how dare you change your mind like that? What? <laughs> if, if Hooper... You Tim said you Tim, were okay with it. Tim has left the room. Tim has left the room. He's, he's back with I'm a back. knife. I'm back. I'm he's back, back with a knife. Put the knife down, Tim. Okay, sorry. I just wanted to <laughs> cut some apple here. I think if if the shark kills Hooper at the end, I'm I do have this pit, like this emptiness that I'm not quite sure what to do with. Cause, because, you, like you said, Hooper um, did, like him venturing out to sea 
is so much like for him to do like to get to brody oh sorry 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 yeah sorry brody sorry brody venturing out to sea is so much for him to get on that boat and actually go out and do that i feel like he needs to succeed for my enjoyment to be peaked yeah so i i still give the movie five out of five if the shark eats them all sure but it might not be in my top four i think that's what i would say i like that because yeah they do such a good job of building his character and you you kind of expect him to die at the end yeah and they he he ends up surviving so that that sinking shot as he's got to shoot that tank is incredible yeah that if he doesn't make it through that i have a hard time like pressing play again yeah you know i have a hard time being like i gotta see that again Whereas this one where he, like, it ends and it ends in that he doesn't need to be paddling in with Hooper. Like, it's okay that it happens, but, like, I don't need that part. But if he's just paddling in by himself, I'm still, like, I think I gotta watch that again. I think I want to watch that again right away. Yeah. It's one of those movies that I just want to watch again right away, and I think I lose that if the shark wins. So I'm gonna say it's slightly worse. Ultimately, I agree with you. Okay. I think you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Good what if, though. Great what if. Thank you. I loved it. Even though it's simple, it's great. Thank you. It was the best I could come up with for this one. Yeah, it's good. It's great. All right. Well, that's going to put an end to this one. Okay. Sounds good. Coming up next, Jaws 2, 3, and 4. They're less important than one, so we're yeah. going to cover them all. But they all have At their once, thing. They, they all have, have their, their thing, thing yeah. and they're all something. They're all worth talking about. Yes, they are. I would say. Well, yeah. I'd say they're all worth watching. Oh, for sure. I would say they're all worth worth watching. For yes, sure. you yeah. won't most likely won't like them all, but <laughs> maybe they're not. worth watching. Maybe not. All right, well that's cool. it for us. We'll catch you next time. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.